I want my employees to feel like I care for them. And I've heard other owners and operators, they look at like, oh, they're going to go down the street for a dime more. No, they won't. They will not. That is false. They go down the street for a dime more because you tell them they will. I totally believe it's all about the reframe and living a virtuous circle, right? If we give our staff the nourishment that they need, they are going to bring their friends into us. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to another live recording of the Nursing Home Podcast, the podcast that you've learned to trust, to give you actionable, real, practical, down-to-earth information that you can actually use to make a difference in understanding the nursing home industry or providing care in the nursing home industry. Uh, Today's guest couldn't be a better fit uh, for that description, um, as we'll learn in a moment. Uh, but before we do it, let me first introduce um, Erica Weiss-Holman to the Nursing Home Podcast. So welcome, Erica, to the show. Thank you for having me, Shmuel. I appreciate it. All right. It's a pleasure having you on the show as well. Um, I very much want to cover the topics that we're going to be discovering, discussing today. Before we do that, though, can you take a moment and just share with our listeners or viewers um, a little bit about who you are and how you got to doing what you're doing today? Yes, I am the CEO of a nonprofit campus, uh, senior living campus. I was recruited for the job uh, about two years ago. And I have 30 years of experience as a nursing home administrator. I've run apps. I've, I specialize actually in regulatory compliance. So I spent many years of my career uh, helping people out of regulatory distress all over the country. And so I'm very glad to be here. And I feel like a very, very fortunate time to be in the long-term care industry. Amazing. Amazing. So I know a lot of people who are probably saying, what's her phone number? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope so. You know, how, how do, you know, how do we help out with that? First of all, do you help others um, if someone does have an issue? Is that something that you do? Yeah, well, I still do it. I have a partner in risk management. I spent a lot of years doing risk management, doing litigation control and things like that. And uh, I still love it. And I speak a lot uh, for the Healthcare Association of Michigan. And I used to do a lot more national speaking and consulting. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So I don't think there's anyone more qualified than to jump into the next subject. So, I mean, it's not a secret that I spend the bulk of my day working on recruitment, um, you know, with our clients and helping them hire and hopefully retain some of the talent that they bring in. But COVID has completely turned the world upside down in many ways. Um, Before that and since then, Um, assuming that we're since then, um, staffing has been, if not the the number one challenge for nursing homes and other industries as well. It's definitely definitely up there. From what I understand, you have not had to bring in any agency staffing to help you out. So congratulations on that. Tell us a little bit about the trick. Okay. Well, 
we are in a little bit of a bubble um, in the sense that we're in the middle of Michigan. And so it's a semi-rural area. This building has incredible tenure. So our longest tenure, longevity, is 40 years. We have two nursing assistants who have worked here for 40 years. Wow. Our average tenure is five years. So this staff stays. Um, and it is a small town. And everyone kind of knows everybody. Our director of nursing started off as a nursing assistant, became an LPN, became an RN, worked her way up the ladder. So that's part of it. it we, we are in a magical spot to begin with. And when I became the leader of this community, um, I've worked with a lot of clients who have had to use agency and, and couldn't stop using agency. They were hemorrhaging money. Um, and so we just made a commitment that we we're going to do whatever it took to not use agency. And so I and uh, several of my leadership team went through our nurse aid training class. We worked on the floor with our staff, not every day, not even once a week. It was enough to keep the morale up. And so that was really where we started. We, we just, and we had five-star staffing until CMS changed the weekend staffing ratios because we're seven minutes lower than average. And that bumped us down. So we're, we're still very pleased. I mean, I'm very pleased. Even. So, Okay, um, I'm going to accept some of the introduction as as um, humility, um, and that yes, it's true that you may be in a in the area that is is um, has its pluses as far as staffing is concerned, um, but but maybe let's make this practical for anyone who's currently struggling with staffing. Okay. What is something that you would tell them that they can do? Your focus, you, everything you mentioned so far has to do with re retention, so we can start there. Um, what would you say to someone they could do if maybe they don't live in a small town community in a magical bubble? What can they do to try to implement some of the things that are working for you? Okay. There's a great uh, book by Lou Adler, Hiring Power. And it's all about how do you bring people into your community? And what we did that has been incredibly effective, and we do this across every department, is we assign mentors. So we have career ladder positions for every department. Um, primarily the nursing assistants. And so we have liaisons, PIPAs, black belts, um, and we begin right at the interview. So we have the actual staff interviewing with us. That way everybody has skin in the game. It gives the ownership to my work family. They have no, they cannot complain anymore that we did not hire the right people because they are now interviewing. And we have interview sheets. I, we taught them how to do it. Um, my husband is a labor guy. He helped us with the interview sheets. We told them what not to ask. Um, and it actually has worked out fantastically because that way the people being interviewed don't only hear me or don't only hear team growth. They get to actually talk to a person who's doing the job they're interviewing for. And then the next thing we do after we vet the person and check reference background um, we assign the mentor so that right away when they come into the building, they know they have a friend and that has been a real game changer for us. And we've been boosting our retention quite a bit with that. The other thing that we have, and a lot of people don't have this is we have the nurse aid training program in house. And we have found that our nursing assistants who go through that program have longer tenure than those that we hire off the street. 
Very full answer. Lots of questions. Number one, you say you're saying the CNAs are involved in the interview process. Absolutely. Um, we have a whole... The, are they the only ones conducting the interview? No, they're with another leadership person. They're either with team growth, which is, you know, what you would call HR. Uh, they're either with team growth or they're with me or the director of nursing or another leadership person. Um, we have a couple that are trained that could probably be, you know, HR assistants. But personally, I'm probably a little bit too controlling to just hand it over. And it's not only the nursing assistants, you know, the housekeepers are involved. And we've done some really cool things like we've done. OK, seems like you're doing great. We're going to have you come back and actually show us what you're like, like like uh, for a cook. OK, come on in. You have to be able to make this peanut butter cake and we'll pay you for your time. But but we have to make sure that you can follow the direction, live up to our standards. So here's my question with that, is that we know that so many facilities struggle just to get people in the door. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some when someone's looking for a CNA position, I can tell you this firsthand. I see this every single day. They will accept interview times in 10 places and show up to two, if any. Yes. So if yeah. you're going to make them jump through extra hoops, why are you not concerned about losing them? Well, if they have to jump through the extra hoop and they can't do it, they're not a good fit for us. And we have been, um, we give everybody a bonus who refers somebody to us. So our housekeepers get a $2,000 bonus. Uh, if they refer a nurse aide or a nurse, uh, nurses get $6,000. Uh, you know, so it's, it's a really great system. Everybody has skin in the game. Uh, we really recruit heavily from our high schools. We have great working relationships with the local high schools. We are involved with two chambers of commerce. Uh, we're very, very visible in this community. We host parades, trick-or-treating, hot chocolate drive-thrus, Mother Day margaritas. I mean, we are crack-a-lacking. Got it, got it. So yeah, that is definitely something that everyone can do. Um, we had a previous episode uh, where we discussed connecting with the local CNA schools. Uh, that certainly can go a very long way, but you're doing what facilities should, and many of them are doing for admissions, you're doing for recruitment. So in other words, instead of just focusing on the senior centers and uh, elder living campuses, I'm speaking specifically from a nursing yeah. home standpoint, yeah. um, you're doing the same thing. Where are the CNAs before they become CNAs? Let, let's right. be their best friends. Right. And so we, uh, we've been very... I think aggressive with, with the way that we recruit. We have little postcards and we have our staff put their name on them and then take them out with them and hand them out to people. And, you know, they get put in for a drawing for a hundred bucks and we're just trying to be really creative. Um, so then they, so whenever somebody interviews and just for interviewing, they get put in for a hundred dollar drawing. Then there's a $500 drawing and then there's a bonus. If they, I mean, we've really tried to make it fun for the staff here. And that's also part of what has made recruitment great. Um, during COVID, we were really strict about letting people work in two places, probably more strict than most companies. And what we've seen now with the loosening is a lot of people are coming home to us. And that's the language that I use. You're coming home to us. We have made a work family. I can't help it. I'm a mother. I'm a woman of a certain age. I want my employees to feel like I care for them. And I've heard other owners and operators, they look at it like, oh, they're going to go down the street for a dime more. No, they won't. 
They will not. That is false. They go down the street for a dime more because you tell them they will. I totally believe it's all about the reframe and living a virtuous circle, right? If we give our staff the nourishment that they need, they are going to bring their friends into us. I have a, really, I have a great pleasure in working with my leadership team. I have created a powerhouse of people. Now I, we have created this powerhouse of people. Wow. Wow. Okay. So if anyone who's listening right now or watching this right now, or if you're seeing this later on the podcast, um, if you just go back 30 seconds to what you just heard here, it's probably worth, <laughs> um, it's worth your entire time. Cause I hear this all day. Everyone says, yeah, we'll hire our rates. We'll do this. You know, tell us what else we can offer them. Um, yeah. You know, people don't care how much you know, right? They want to know how much you care. Um, right. It's if if you if you genuinely, you know, your kids are not going to the mom down the block to see mm -hmm. if she gives a little more dinner, right? Even even though she might be a little more lenient, um, you right. know, with with bedtime and they might be a little bit more generous with snacks and some whatever else it is they may go on more vacations but no this is our family we're not going anywhere yes. else so yes the and relationships on that level may not happen the exact same way obviously this family and this work but like you said work family the work family there's a lot of research and it's a mixed bag you know like seth godin he's got this whole thing or he did years ago where they talked about the tribe you know like you can't be a work family because you can't call yourself a family. It's, you know, conflict of interest. It's, you know, whatever. Um, but I do believe um, that you can be a work family. And the way that I frame it is when we are here together, we are all working and pulling in the same direction. We are very much uh, mission statement based, mission based. We're a nonprofit and our mission applies to the work family. And that hasn't always been the uh, the feeling in this building. So so as a group, uh, we have really worked on that. Myself, the nursing assistants, the housekeepers, everybody. It's the entire building working together, the entire company. Well, well, so now going back to what you said earlier, the CNAs have skin in the game because they're involved in the interview process, which I think is phenomenal. Um, I, I know that it's it's more common. I know I've done this as an administrator where you pull in a CNA to the copy meetings or whatever else you call it yeah. um, for two reasons. Number one is they have information that nobody else really knows. Right. And number two is, like, is what you said. You get their buy-in. This is not something that you know, management discussed in behind closed doors in the, in the room, but it, this is actually coming from us. And like I was there and like they actually care to solve the problems. Right. And so in our building, we did create a career ladder. So we have the, uh, the RCA, we call our nursing assistants, resident care assistants. So we have RCA liaisons and they are a leadership position among the nursing assistants and they run the PIP crews for us. So when there's a fall, a skin tear, an accident, an elopement, the PIP crew is called. They go to this scene. They get there. You know, they'll start, you know, okay, let's look. Is the care plan in place? What's going on? And so then that same group of uh, nursing assistant leaders who are really part of our leadership team. And when we talk about the mentoring, the piece of that that people miss is that reverse mentoring has to be going on. I have to be open to being criticized 
from my team. I have to be open. I have to be reverse mentored. And so I get that from the PIP crews. You know, they'll they'll give us information or show me how to use a lift. And they truly have ownership. We have about 10 nurse aid leaders. And then we have another group that have gone through black belt training. And that group, mostly the leaders, the liaisons, but others as well. And they get the extra, like the soft skill training, grief. How do you do grief in mourning? How do you, you know, communicate with people? What do you do if someone speaks a different language? And so we've done a lot of work that's more attractive to, to people who want to be a nurse aide, but don't want to be a nurse. They want to be, you know, they're going to want to be something. Same thing with housekeepers. They can have this training too, and some of them take it. Um, so that does a lot for the, our recruitment because people have already heard about us. Interesting. Yeah. Is there, are they financially motivated to move up the career ladder? Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, we have done a lot of really cool things. So for example, um, everybody in this company is encouraged to be CPR certified, every single person, because uh, having worked litigation for many years, the nurse is going to call CPR. Absolutely. Anybody can jump in. I never want a nurse to be put in a position where on midnights, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm the only one who can run CPR. I, I used to see that all the time. And I have never seen a case where a person who was supposed to get CPR um, was mad because it was a housekeeper administering it. They're, they're going to be directed by the nurse. They're going to trade out. So everybody who does it gets a little tiny, you know, a quarter an hour. Well, that adds up for staff. I know it's a legacy cost, but in Michigan, anything like that that's going to go to staff that's, you know, in the support position, in the base positions, it's going to help our cost report. It might take us two years, but we're going to get that back. And then for the leadership positions, they get between a dollar and a dollar fifty an hour increase right off the bat when they go through the leadership training. And then so, that, well, what do you mean by that? The leadership? Are you talking about the lead CNAs? Yeah, the the C, the liaisons. Yeah, they they get at least a dollar or a dollar fifty more immediately for going through that. Then they have an opportunity to take twenty hours of dementia training. That's another quarter an hour. They can then go through the black belt training. That's in fifty cents an hour. Uh, it really it does add up. And in some ways, uh, you know, the legacy costs. I know a lot of owners and operators don't do that, um, but from my perspective. I calculated out how much it costs for turnover and hey, I would, I would much rather give a raise. I mean, much, I would rather pay $10,000 for that quarter than, you know, like have to turn that over. I'm going to lose $10,000 if I have to turn over a housekeeping position in lost labor, onboarding, background checks. So I'm much, much happier to uh, front load it. And uh, I, I find it's been very effective. So just as you're talking, um, you're getting me thinking here a little bit, is that generally, uh, this in my experience and the clients that I've worked with, um, when someone starts working in a nursing home, it's a static position. You don't feel like yeah. you're moving on an escalator. So I'm a CNA, I'm a CNA. If I choose to break uh, the, the static energy, it's almost something like glued in place. But if, if I'm like super aggressive and I want to then go and become an LPN, an RN, a unit manager, a DON, which those people, I, I love to hire those people because those people really get the industry inside out, great. But usually the facility doesn't offer that. And when they're coming in, they're like, okay, this is my job. Well, part of, that. So 
One other thing that we do here is we offer 75% tuition reimbursement. And um, I do have a program in place with the local uh, career training. So when we have their students, after they finish their first year with us, which is when they're a senior in high school, they're nursing assistants that year. If they stay with us, we pay for them the 75% right away to go to community college to become a nurse. No one else is doing that. We're doing that. So I've got two nurses this year. Wow. You know, who are starting the program. So, no, we'll see how it works. I mean, it's our first time trying that one. But the rest of our team, we highly encourage continuing education. All of my leadership team and I have taken uh, a year of courses with Dale Carnegie um, just to give us the same language. Right. Just so that we all are on the same page so that we're trying to avoid that punitive language and. Um, I would have us all go through neuro-linguistic programming because I love that. But I think the way we speak to our team matters. I think that if you are going to say you have an open door, it better be really, truly open. And um, I have to say that that is something I have busted my chops at because in my experience, every leader I've ever had who says, oh, my door is open. They don't really mean it. They don't mean it. They mean my door is open when it's good for me. And um, maybe I'm jaded. I, I want to be a servant leader. That's that's what I brought to this team is I believe in the servant leadership. I believe in Robert Greenlee's message about if you want to be useful, find your service. And to me, you know, leading, you know, a fairly quiet life, I find a lot of meaning in what I'm doing. And I, I believe that this team is very invested in our whole process. And that's why they do a great job with outreach. Wow. Wow. This is phenomenal. So there, there are so many to take this to, you know, someone is listening to this conversation right now and they are struggling with initially the struggle is usually with re retention and then yes. it becomes with recruitment and then it becomes a vicious cycle where you recruit the new people on where you are already short staffed and then they exacerbate some of the existing problems. Yes. And it becomes this kind of stuck in the flywheel. Yes. How would you attack that first? Okay. Well, the first thing is, you know, keeping the people you already have. That That is, you know, stabilize that. The other thing, I mean, I have fooled around with our staffing, right? I mean, I have beds offline. This is not what we had before COVID. Um, now, that said, I this team didn't know about QMix before I came. And I was like, I, you know, I don't want 80 Medicare, Medicaid people. I want, you know, like. 20 Medicare and the rest can be Medicaid, but they never thought like that. And so getting everybody to understand, like we are going to be able to have the best staff if you work that Q mix. And then what that lets us do is have these fantastic mentoring programs. You get the people who are going to stay. There's always somebody who complains. And this is where people make a fatal mistake. When the staff is complaining and, oh, they're stirring the pot and they're so unhappy, you know what I say? I say that is an opportunity because that is fertilizer, my friend. And you are going to take all that garbage and make something fantastic because those people who are complaining still feel invested. And so my trick has always been I go right after those complainers. Now, if they're truly complainers and they're never going to be happy, they're not going to fit with me because I laugh. I like people who figure things out, like give me some good solution focus. If they can't get on board with it, okay, go be successful someplace else. And that's what I oh, offer yeah. them. I mean, I'm pretty uh, blunt. 
Yeah, I, I love that term. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I've used that before. Yeah, well, it's a very gracious way to let people save face. Yeah, and the truth is, there are times like you like you're pointing out now that not everyone's a fit for your organization. So most people right. say that what are we looking for? Um, you know, in a CNA, we're looking for a, in any position. Want someone who's certified, qualified, legally able to do the job, has a pulse, and will show up. End of story. And for most most of the time, that's what they get, and that means that there is no real relationship. And of course, they'll go down the block. You know, if it's a little bit better there. Um, right. Well, I also think in this, I, I probably should be more delicate with how I say things, but, you know, if you're getting the same kind of person and they're, they have no energy and, you know, they're like yours, what's your hiring manager like? You know, are you, does the apple fall far from the tree? I have met a lot of um people who work in human development, human resource, human capital, whatever you want to call it, who don't like people. Like you have to like people, right? It's, if you don't like people, please don't be in HR. Um, and, and it really takes a lot of discipline as a leader to be friendly. Everybody can be nice. Everybody can be nice. There's nothing hard about being nice when things are going well, but really the deal breaker is, can you be kind when, when push comes to shove, can you be kind to the staff who didn't follow the care plan? A resident broke her leg, but she told you the truth. I mean, if you really want that culture, the culture of transparency, and you want people to bring in other people, you, you really have to do something that no one else is doing. Well, wow. Absolutely amazing. Um, starting with retention, um, you know, getting the hires in correctly from the beginning having the CNAs invested and immediately begin moving on the career ladder. Yes. Um, yes. So you're not just coming in, now you're a CNA. You're a CNA, but in X number of days, you can become whatever it's called, a, yeah. a leader. Yeah. Over. yeah, we offer that. Now with, with the liaisons, we, we really want people to have expertise in customer service. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be here for years and years. Um, but they do need to have excellent skills. They need to follow the policy. They need to be have uh, you know good work history, good HR. So generally, they're not going to come right in and 30 days get to be a liaison. Um, but they could start going through the black belt training for sure. And they can absolutely learn to do the PIP crew. And that is, I'm telling you, that is like our crown jewel right now because we're applying for these awards with ACA. And um, that has been, it has been fantastic for our fall rates. So wow. we're very, very pleased with our team. And and it's really the nursing assistants driving that. Well, like we said earlier, they're the ones who really know the story with everybody, yes. with each resident the best. Yeah. And unfortunately, they don't usually have a listening ear. Um, you know, for what's the real reason why the resident falls every Tuesday at 3 p.m.? Or in that Tuesday afternoon, you know, the, and they know because that's the day after, you know, the family member, you know, comes in or doesn't come in or whatever. Yeah, right. Same thing with housekeepers, though. We really rely a lot on the housekeepers, too, for the fall program because they know a lot of the secrets, too. Uh, the other thing that we've done with our pit crew is we started off with the pit crew and the, the sheet that they used really mimics our uh, incident report. But now we've added the five whys 
to it and some root cause analysis language and also a cue so that, you know, if the care plan was not being followed, notify the on-call abuse coordinator right away. So it's, it's evolving. And I will say that really motivates people to tell their friends about us. And the other thing that we do that's really cool is we bring in a massage therapist every quarter. We have really fun. We, we always have part. We're very into parties. Like my husband was kind of teasing me about that. Um, we love charcuterie here. So everybody gets charcuterie a lot. Like, um, we have a great break room. We have the best break room. I go to the break room. We have a massage chair. We have a fantastic coffee, like state-of-the-art coffee system. We feed our staff meals. We have a cereal bar. You can have a sandwich if you need it. You know, I do have to go back to the fact, being a mother, if you if you take that skill set of being a loving parent, of having, you know, chesed, of having kindness and, you know, this focus on doing what's best for people, um, you're going to have staff that's loyal and that want to fill your building with more people like themselves. Well, well. Uh, I just see, I'm noticing the time here and I see that, you know, our time is, is coming a little bit to a close, but what are any final words or any final thoughts to someone who's either, you know, in the director of nursing position or administrator, owner, operator was like, Hey, it sounds like Erica's doing some really good stuff here. I can't even dream of that stuff. I'm just worried about who's coming tonight, 11 to seven on the third unit. Um, any words of encouragement and maybe any additional practical advice uh, for yes. them to really get started on this path? Yes. Okay. This is, this is my advice and this is how I started off. Find your anchor and find your reframe. Because the more hopeless that you feel as the leader, your staff senses it. So find those anchors. Find those angry staff members that have been with you for five years. Harness that energy by reframing it. Figure out what it is that they need to feel like they're necessary and be grateful to them. And as a leader, I do believe that everything comes from us. I mean, I hate to sound that simplistic, but if you are not being gracious and kind to yourself, you cannot be gracious and kind to anyone else. So good self-care as well. But find those anchors. And keep keep those people and, and ask them, how can we keep more good people like you? Because they don't get those kind of compliments. Amazing. 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 Definitely very helpful. And your other point also about, you know, the people who make a lot of noise are extremely helpful as well. Because someone who's completely checked out is not going to complain. They're just going to leave. But someone yes. who's complaining means that this is important to me but I want to make this work and I'm frustrated that it's not working. So exactly. people can really, and, and they'll tell it to you the way it is, or mostly the way it is a little bit, the way it isn't too, but <laughs> take it with a grain of salt, <laughs> sometimes with a box of salt. That's uh, right. <laughs> um, awesome. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the nursing home podcast. I've really shared a lot of tremendous and important information with us today. Um, I really wish you continued success uh, with leading your team to even higher heights. Thank you so much. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast 
and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.